All right, hello and welcome to The Extra Podcast, episode number 215. My name is Andrew, or Gitch, and I'll be your host. I'm seated here around a table with a bunch of lovely people. To my left, or the microphone's right, <laughs> is Greg. Hi. You're doing a fantastic job as a fill-in host. And we're only 22 seconds in. That's the best 22 seconds of a fill-in host <laughs> we've ever had. Good deal. We have Kyle. Hey, Andrew. How are you doing today? I'm great. I love how you wear hoodies in the heat of the summer. And it's more to represent my Blue Jays. It inspires me. Does it? Hey, fun fact about the Blue Jays. Longest stretch in North American professional sports to not make the playoffs. Oh, it's like the Canucks. No. No. No, the Blue Jays <laughs> haven't made the playoffs the longest in North American sports. So they're the of current... All, like, they're of the current... Ball, basketball... Of every North <laughs> American way. sport team... Oh, man, take that jersey yeah. off. Take that <laughs> They have off. not made the playoffs the longest. They so can do it this year, They're the current they champion of that. Like, think of all the bad sports yeah. teams you know. Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Pirates. <laughs> They've made the playoffs. <laughs> um, Kansas City Chiefs. They've made the playoffs. Just think of any... Cleveland Browns? They've made no, the playoffs. come on. So yes. 93, the World Blue Jays won it. 93, 94, 92, 93, something That's the last time they made the playoffs. Oh, Greg. You killed me. No, it's good, so you should represent. The last okay. time they made the playoffs <laughs> was winning it. Yeah. But you're a Mariners well, at fan. At least they went on on top. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a huge <laughs> baseball fan, but I prefer the Mariners to the Blue Jays. And they're playing together against each other. Yeah. Did you know that? Are they playing together? <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Yeah. They, yeah, yeah. They, they actually are. Okay. They have a series together Good. This, this month. Good. So we have Kyle. We also have Mr. Siemens, Mr. Paul. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Good. Thank you. And we have Crystal. Hello. You look lovely today. Thank you. And I think you have a birthday coming up. I do. So... Gifts, gift cards, yep. whatever, appreciate it. Bring them all in. Yeah. Take it all. Yeah. Well, how do you take your coffee? Uh, cream and sugar. Cream and sugar. Okay, yeah. so bring it to the office and... Tip more than regular. <laughs> That's right. She'll not have a double-double. No, not a double-double. That's too much sugar. Single-single. Yeah, single-single. One-one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So to start off, we have, a, we have a question that follows up a discussion we had a few weeks ago where we talked about some of the prayer initiatives we have. We also talked about uh, how we pray. And this question talks about... First of all, noting that Darcy's away in Thailand, so I guess we can talk about anything now that he's away. <laughs> Continuing from the prayer discussion a couple of weeks ago, what about prayer announcements? Yeah, the prayer announcement. So we, when I'm praying, I, I inform people of things they might not otherwise know, and yeah, news via a prayer. Right. So what do we do with that? Well, I, we talked a little bit about this before we got on air, actually. There's a little bit of a mini debate already. We have two <laughs> polar opposite on the sides. Um, Kyle versus me. Yeah. <laughs> the, the two Ks are going to go yeah. at it on this one because Kyle is a massive proponent of prayer announcements. He sees the... Well, with, within reason, I think. Yeah, sure. And Crystal... <laughs> I just don't do it. Can't stand him. No. You have to have everything announced ahead of time. And then you just pray into it. So I tell people which church we're praying for, what events we're praying for, explain it. Yeah, I don't like the new announcement in the middle of the prayer. I think it can be done tastefully, so I'm not saying that everything <laughs> has to be... But I don't like it when they say, let's pray for the funeral that's happening at 1 o'clock on Saturday, and <laughs> enter by the front door, all the stuff in the middle of the prayer. <laughs> it just seems to take away from the whole... In lieu of flowers. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd um, usually dive into prayer to spend more time in prayer, um, but don't want to use it as a way to fill in so many details about something that it becomes an announcement. Just mm. 
you know, we always pray for a church in the community, and that's great. And we always pray for a missionary. Those are two standard things we pray for, and we thank God for the uh, the offering and ask Him to bless it through us as people give. Um, those are pretty standard things that are part of our prayer time. Uh, and then we, you know, pray for other things as they come up. But um, yeah, I usually dive in and and just go. And sometimes other things pop into mind and pray for those too. Mm. Do, do you know why I was attached to Darcy's name? Is it like is he a massive prayer announcementer or something or? He's got to be. I'm wondering if, because uh, the last Thailand trip, he had a big, long prayer about it. So, And he was renting all kinds of details about what they'd be doing on the trip and During stuff, the as prayer. he was praying. Mm. So I'm wondering if that's what the little dig was at. What about uh, adding information to the prayer, just information, details? For for example, we're praying for so-and-so who's very sick at the Abbotsford Regional Hospital and Cancer <laughs> Center, adding, adding fill-in stuff. What, does God not know where Great Aunt Ruth is and what room she's in? Well, somebody might want to go visit her afterwards, so that can be helpful. Can be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't, Kyle, you don't see any, I mean, there's no, like, moral no, issue with it. It's a preference thing. Mm. Yeah, it's what you're comfortable with. Right. I always wonder, see, when I'm just in the congregation, when I'm Greg Congregant, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like the pronouncement. I feel like I'm getting blindsided by information that I was so like. So you need it, it, every... Every every topic um, mentioned before the prayer that's going to be prayed for, or do you feel lost if it's not mentioned? See, I or? I don't. It's not that I feel lost. No, maybe it is. I like I like to know where we're going okay. in the prayer, and I like to know what we're praying for. But I think you're right. There's certain details when they come into it. It takes your mind off the fact that you're praying, and it makes you think about the event or the topic, whatever that's being prayed about. Rather, somehow it seems like if there's too much information, pieces packed in. Yeah, maybe even just mentioning. I don't know. I'm a I'm a fickle <laughs> prayer prayer. Well, if not making announcements or not informing the topics ahead of time is a distraction, then maybe I should reform my ways. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm just saying, my Paul. What where do you where are you on the pronouncement spectrum? <laughs> well, I think I think it's a good idea to let people know ahead of time. I think when I. I know in Florida, in our church down there, uh, when I would be asked to lead congregational prayer, I would get up and I would, I would announce, okay, these are the people we're praying for. We, we would do a mm-hmm. church of the week, a uh, unreached people group of the week, and a uh, missionary of the week. Similar mm-hmm. kind of idea. Uh, yeah, it's similar yeah. As what North, to, to what Northview does. So, yeah. And I would get up and then I would say some facts about the missionary. You know, they are in... Thailand, there uh, or in down there, our church, uh, the country that we really focused on for missions was Japan, and so we had a number of people over there teaching or um, church planting in Tokyo, that kind of thing. So I would get up and and say who these people are, you know, if they're members of the church or if they're part of a parachurch organization or or whatever. Or, and then with the Unreached People group, we'd say a little bit of background about what they're like, where they live, or whatever. And, and then, uh, and then the pray, during the prayer, it wouldn't necessarily... Um, I could pray for their church plant, and the people knew, oh, their church plant, they knew I already knew that. Yeah. So they didn't, while they're praying, they could just pray rather mm-hmm. than thinking about, Mm. You know, oh, this is news to me. They they knew it ahead of time. See, yeah. I'm okay with details in the prayer that weren't <laughs> stated ahead of time. I think I think it's when the concept is being introduced mid prayer. 
And it's outside of the norm of what we do at North Sea, you know, the missionary and the church and the offering. If it's something additional to that, I'm like, oh, okay. So does that give you then right at the end of the prayer to not say amen? You don't agree with the prayer? And <laughs> you didn't some, know. You like you I said, need, you got blindsided. I need some time. <laughs> no, I yeah, I don't know. It's not a, it's, it's not a right I think we're making it a big bigger deal for the sake of the podcast, but yeah. I'm sure as we're talking that the majority of our or there is no probably majority from our listeners about if they're pro pronouncement or they've probably turned us off by now. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, skip to the next topic. <laughs> and some people might be like, pre-announcement. I didn't see that tab on the on the website. Totally. I didn't know that was a thing. That's right. <laughs> we, I've had people come up to me just on that note, like right before I go on stage and say, can you pray for this on oh, stage? Yeah. Give me the little slip of paper or whatever. And yeah. so I think it's good for people to know there is a little bit of a process for things to get approved. Yeah. And that we don't pray for everything on stage because if we pray for so-and-so's cancer, we have to pray for everybody else's and yeah. it can get messy. So... Well, we've also had times where someone has asked us to pray yeah. for someone, and that's we've, it's happened, and then that family didn't know we were going to pray for them, or they mm-hmm. weren't prepared, and so as well-intended as the prayer request may be last minute, sometimes it's difficult in the moment to discern, mm-hmm. does this family even actually want this to be public to thousands of people in our <laughs> church? Yeah. Or? And sometimes it's been incorrect information, yeah. like that somebody's passed away mm-hmm. and they haven't, or that kind of thing. And like that's mm-hmm. horrible if you say that from the front oh, and yeah. it hasn't yeah. been verified. So there is a bit of a check and balance. And we encourage yeah. people to do the request prayer at northview.org if they have mm-hmm. prayer requests mm-hmm. and the pray, what's it called? On North There's North Prays, prays on, Facebook on Facebook. Facebook. Page. There's lots of other ways to get to yeah have people mm-hmm. pray for you. But mm. yeah. we want to be really careful, especially from the stage. It is interesting to me that mm. there's a lot, there seems to be a, a, I think, a misconception that if something doesn't happen in the weekend service, that it's not a part of the church life. Yeah. Right? So if, like, we don't pray for Aunt Betty at church on the weekend, then the church doesn't care about Aunt Betty. Or if we don't do all kinds of things during the weekend service, then it, the church doesn't actually see value in it. It seems like this over-prioritization mm-hmm. the of weekend. the gathered setting in terms of what it means to be the church when it comes to things like praying for people and specific situations. And that, to me, is where the community groups are at their best, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to walk through life with people and being able to care for one another mm-hmm. by praying for one another and all that kind of stuff. So, And even the prayer with the elders at the elders' meetings, like that's right. way more personal and way more, I, I would think, more impactful to be prayed for personally with people laying their hands mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. Than the leaders of the church. Yeah. 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 yeah, there's Pray First as well, Monday nights, mm-hmm. yeah. prayer room. Yeah, there's a number of things to be involved in. Yeah. Paul, you're going to kind of be overseeing prayer a little bit, right? Is that true? Yes. Rumor has it? Yes, that's correct. So the many changing hats, which he's teaching associates. Totally. <laughs> so give him three weeks and then send all your prayer questions to Paul. <laughs> P. Siemens. <laughs> Northview.org. North <laughs> Sounds good. Three yeah. weeks. You give him a good, a good on-ramp there. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Tomorrow. No, I think it's still a good idea to go through the Northview uh, prayer email. Yeah. What was it again? Request prayer. At Northview.org. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Also, if you're on Twitter, like myself, there's a... Um, what is it? Pray Daily. Yeah. Yeah. Northview Pray Daily. And there's the Facebook yep. group. Facebook. Northview, Northview Praise on Facebook. Awesome. So moving forward, um, with specific reference to the new sermon series, by the way, bumper stickers, if you didn't know, we're going through a new series. We, made, we made a change from like, I think on the last podcast, mm. we were talking about how there was one more week of Dave, and then that wasn't true. 
Yeah. When, Wednesday lunch, it just all got switched around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so forgive us for misleading you if that was the case. Yeah. Question here coming from one of our listeners is as follows. Could someone ever use a bumper sticker verse out of context and still apply it to their life in a way that honors God? I think the way Ezra started off this series was great this week in that he talked about his own personal experience as to when a verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, really impacted him right around the fire fire as a camper and how it meant so much to him then. And But over time, his understanding of that verse has changed. Mm-hmm. So I think um, we're all going to be at different levels of maturity in terms of understanding the scriptures and how it applies. And mm-hmm. so we won't always know all the historical background, all the context of mm-hmm. something. But I think once we... I think, first of all, we should try and study those things before we make them bumper sticker verses. And as we understand the context of what the author meant, we should be in line with what mm. he meant it to be. Mm. But I don't think that means that any aha moment we had as a kid is invalid, that God wasn't using that aha moment for mm. our own spiritual growth mm. or for our edification. Um, because I think God uses all these things when we're imperfect understanding, you know, to draw us closer to himself. So I guess I'm just saying I don't think we have to always get it right all the time mm-hmm. for God to use it in our lives but to be responsible as we can. Mm. Do you guys add anything? Yeah, one of the ways that God uses it is it draws us closer to him. As Crystal said, that we uh, gain a deeper appreciation of who God is and what he has done. And, and even if we mis, um, misunderstand or misapply a little bit the, the context of that verse, the verse is still um, leading us to Christ and to trust in him, mm-hmm. hopefully. <laughs> so you guys are coming down on the side of it, like it's not a it's not a bad thing to use a verse out of its context in if it brings us closer to Jesus. Well, I think if it's, it's in that causing us to grow. I think if it's in that ignorance stage, right? Like yeah. if God's drawing you to Himself through it, and you're maybe not quite understanding it. But I think once you've been presented with the facts and someone's walked you through the exegesis and you say, well, I really don't actually like that exegesis. I'm going to like it, <laughs> use it this way. Well, then it's being disobedient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's right. I think yeah. that right that so, that'll be the. I mean, that's why I think starting with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven was a, a brilliant yeah. decision by whoever made that decision to, <laughs> to do that one first, because yeah. that is probably going to be, mm-hmm. I don't know, the most, at least in the top two or three in terms of known verses, but not knowing the context or knowing kind of mm-hmm. where that half phrase comes from of I plan to prosper you and not mm-hmm. to harm you and give you a future and a hope. So to want to to want to hold on to our old understanding of it in terms of my own personal prospering in this life now, my own personal uh, whatever good stuff happening in this life now, to want to continue to hold on to that. I agree with Crystal. I think that would be a sign of, no, actually, I don't think you can keep using it that way. Once you know the wider context and the truth, you have to go with where the biblical author wants you to go. If you say, I want my own meaning of it, that's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, how Ezra ended the the sermon going to looking towards the new heavens and the new earth as the ultimate of our prospering yeah. or, our, or our prosperity that is coming through Christ. Mm. I mean, that, that yes, yeah, so God does want us to prosper, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be financial at this time now in our life. Yeah. And actually, if you look at the, if you look in the New Testament, I mean, there is no, there's no reason to think that life's going to be easy. Right. We're called to carry our cross. We're called to um, to always be um, to always be following 
what God's word has to say to us. And, and when we, when we try to say things, when we try to import things that aren't there, um, we're just, we're on dangerous ground. Mm-hmm. So are we all kind of in agreement that we're, it depends on where you are in the journey in terms of how you use it. the verse. So, so in ignorance, <laughs> Ignorance As is you point to me. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see that though. Totally, I'm just, just general talk. talk to the I'm just talking with my hands in general. <laughs> I went to the Ezra Cody School of Communication. <laughs> What's interesting, uh, just just in in this vein, is Pastor Jeff has a has a picture. When I did my internship here, we talked about uh, interpretation and stuff like that. And he he asked us to picture a mountain. So picture this kind of pyramid shaped mountain that's got. Uh, a mist or a fog or kind of clouds around it. So you can see that, hey, it's a mountain. You can see the base and maybe different parts of it. And and so if we, you take that as the verse and that's the truth and that's the ob, ob, objective um, verse itself, that's kind of covered by clouds and stuff. As the more you learn, the more historical context, the more background you have, that fog, that those clouds begin to move and shift and you begin to see more and more and more. So you've from the beginning, you've still been able to tell this is a mountain and you can, you know, know a certain amount about it but as you as the revelation increases and you know more you, you can get closer and closer uh, to, mm. to the intended meaning by the author mm. so it's a helpful picture at least mm. for myself yeah and I think yeah, the more you get into that intended meaning the more meaningful it actually becomes like mm-hmm. that verse became way more meaningful to me hearing it in its context mm. than it would have been before too mm-hmm. so I think we have we do a disservice to ourselves if we don't want to dig into that mm-hmm. because the more the closer we get to the real meaning the mm-hmm. more I think it'll speak to us and encourage us mm-hmm. and I think the some of us who are going to be involved in preaching in the series over the summer like we're going to have our own moments of looking at these verses that are well known and having our own like oh cool I didn't actually really mm-hmm. see how that connected before and I didn't really right. see that line of thought how that's being brought in by the author here and and so it's going to be exciting for us to be able to kind of share mm-hmm. some of those. I'm, I'm studying John 3 right now for yeah. Yeah. the sermon I'm preaching on John 3.16. And, and that whole interaction between Nicodemus and, and Jesus is, I mean, I'm learning all kinds of stuff that, that I was aware of the story before and I kind of knew about it, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know it. And yeah. so getting the opportunity to really study it and see what's happening there uh, has given me a, a greater appreciation for I don't know the most famous bumper sticker <laughs> is John three sixteen right where you get the the rainbow haired dude at the sporting events with John yeah. three sixteen right yeah, it's yeah. everywhere right yeah. mm-hmm. there's even some company what is it it's one of the clothing companies that has it like on all their bags oh isn't it okay. In and Out Burger or maybe it's In and Out Burger do they, they do they have it they have it somewhere on the bottom of their the cup. cup like on oh, the that's inside right, that's what I was thinking. there's a roll up the rim right. on top of the cup it's <laughs> yes, a, on the bottom base of the cup. There's that wrestler too. What was his name? Austin. Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Austin. Austin. That's in context. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Professional wrestling on 316. Right. Yeah. They go together. <laughs> totally. The, the other, the other part is that, is that sometimes our misinterpretations are the things we want the verse to say are actually true, but it's just not, not in that particular context. Exactly. You That's know? not the right verse to prove it. Right. So yeah. you need to go somewhere else. So yes, that yeah. is a true fact about God or mm-hmm. about, right. you know, about Christ or about God's will for us. That is true, yes, but not in that particular con- context. So you may have to go right. somewhere else. So it's a, it's a it's a right doctrine, wrong text. Exactly. Luckily, God's got grace enough for all of us. Who I think yeah. back to some of the things I taught four years ago. I'm like, oh shoot, like did I really say that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. So uh, totally, sure. as we get more knowledge and understanding, you know, He has grace with those things we said in the past that yeah. weren't quite on base. 
But you have your PhD, you have your doctorate now, not a PhD, but Kyle, so do you know everything now? No, one of the things you you realize, and one of my professors in university said this, and I was like, ah, maybe. (laughs) Um, But I think he's right now, is that the more you learn, the more you learn what you don't know. The more you realize that there is just a vast ocean of things to understand in God's creation and about God himself that Mm. will never exhaust, and that's cool. Mm. Um, Yeah, scripture like God is like an ocean. You can Mm. appreciate the shallow end and cool all your feet off and wade in a little bit, and that's great, and that's refreshing, Uh, but it's also this this vast expanse of scuba diving and wonderful things to explore and experience there, too. Mm -hmm. Wow, good imagery there. So you never fully get there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Darn it. See, but the problem with the ocean is there are sharks. <laughs> but you can but fight you can them off. Them. Like, like that the, surfer guy. Like that surfer. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was crazy. Sorry, we're going off. Yeah. Talk about adrenaline rush, huh? Yeah. No kidding. Awesome. Do you think he wakes up in the middle of the night and he thinks, I just punched a shark? <laughs> I would. That's all I would talk to about people. Hey, how you doing? Doesn't matter. I punched a shark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Could one up every story, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, it's cool. You know how to barbecue. I punched a shark. (laughs) In a competition (laughs) while I was surfing. (laughs) Now, the next question is to do with bumpers and, well, not stickers, but cars. The question is this. Would Jesus buy a new Mercedes? Should his followers? Hmm. Well, there's three questions. Where's the balance in a culture inundated by consumerist teachings? So would Jesus buy a Mercedes? And I think that's more of a paradigmatic question. I don't think there's anything wrong with a Mercedes particularly. But would Jesus buy that? Would his, should his followers? And where's the balance? Speaking of Mercedes, um, a number of years ago, I was doing a youth fundraiser for a mission trip, and a guy brings this Mercedes in, and it's got that emblem on the front of the hood. And so people are you know, washing the car, and so I'm going there. And uh, my dad, I don't know, he, he didn't have a Mercedes, but he had an old car years ago when I was little that had something like that on the front, and it could, he could like, bend it to the side and so I'm like oh this emblem must be the same this next Mercedes emblem so I, oh I'll wash around it so I go to bend it to wash around <laughs> it and as I bend it it comes off in my hand oh. and I'm like oh man <laughs> I just broke the Mercedes <laughs> And so this so guy is, you know, coming, yeah, so a yeah. youth trip fundraiser mission trip, and um, the guy wasn't, you know, from our church, I didn't know him at all, so I, I have to go to him with this, his car emblem from this hood in my hand. He's like, oh, it's okay, I'll, 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 I'll fix it later. Buy a new car. Was, I was like, I'm sorry, um, how much do I owe you? Uh, he said, he's really good about it, he's really, very gracious. <clears throat> See, that's what that question means. Mm. All right, we answered it. Thank you, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) So Mercedes, Mercedes are okay as long as they're used for church fundraisers. And the other moral was to not go through fundraiser car washes, right? Right, Don't me touch a Mercedes because I'll break it. (laughs) Okay. So if you have a Mercedes, don't let Pastor Kyle near it. Actually, what do we do? um, The bonus podcast had one on legalism. Yeah, I was going to say it kind of fits in with that topic, Mm. right? Yeah. I have all these extra things that we put in place kind of to say whether somebody's actually spiritual or not. And one of them is definitely how people use their money. And we, as from the external, love to be able to judge other people and say whether they're in or not and whether they're using their money properly or not. But is that really our right to do Mm. that as Christians? Mm. And so we talked about that a little bit in the sense that all of us have to stand before God and 
at some point be accountable for how we use the resources he gave us. Some of us have made way more resources than others, and a Mercedes might just be part of that, but we may still be giving away you know, a significant amount of what we get. So we talked about it being just not at all a, a right and wrong, mm-hmm. um, but just a matter of all of us searching our own hearts and knowing where we're at and knowing how we could be accountable to God for what he's given us and what he's blessed us with. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to set all kinds of... I know there's been some people, like I think Tony Campolo might have even said that once, that there's no Christian should drive a Mercedes. Like I think, you know, mm-hmm. he's like one of those shock preachers, right? As right. he talks about stuff. <laughs> uh, but it sets up all these standards around by, wh- you know, by which we show how holy we are. And that's not really what our Christian witness should be about. Mm-hmm. Showing ourselves in those external ways. Yeah, yeah you, can still, you can still drive a Mercedes and be very generous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A very generous person. I mean, you can drive a Mercedes... Um, or, for instance, we have we have friends who have been very generous to us, and they're always saying, "Oh, you need to borrow this." Or, and he's got he's nice vehicles, and he's like, "Oh, you need to borrow the truck, take it, go mm-hmm. for it, like whatever, right?" And mm-hmm. and so there, it's how how loosely do you hold on to your things? Yeah. Do you do you yeah. grasp them so tightly that no one can touch them, and you're scared that people are gonna mm-hmm. wreck them or whatever? Or mm-hmm. you just have a generous heart about it and. And not worry, because in essence, they are just things, and they're things actually that God has given you. Mm-hmm. And so, what do we do with the, the gifts that God's given us? Mm-hmm. Do we use them with love, or do we use them with a selfish attitude? Mm-hmm. And the same would apply to a house, right? A home that you could live in a really oh, gorgeous, yeah. brand new, sure. really expensive home. Yeah. And, and keep your doors closed, no one can come in. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And just because you drive a yeah. old VW bug doesn't mean that you're a generous, God honoring person. No, I know. And, and that's the thing. You could you could live. I mean, mm. you could live in a full time in a motorhome and just be totally selfish, reclusive yeah. and selfish and keep everything to yourself. And mm. and your heart is still just as as sinful as the guy who's the same way with his mm-hmm. Mercedes or whatever you want to call it. So uh, a few years ago, my wife was in a. She was in a car accident. Her car gets totaled. And we didn't have a ton of money to, to look at buying a new car. We had a friend, though, who was like, hey, we need to get rid of our Mustang convertible. And my friends were quite wealthy, and so they were not too concerned about the price. And so they said, hey, whatever ICBC gives you as the write-off, that's what we'll take for the car. Because you need a car. We want to get rid of it. Let's just make it happen so that it's quick and easy for everyone. Yeah. So we've spent like... $200 out of pocket for the taxes, and we went from a little beater car to getting a Mustang convertible. And I knew the background that, like, stewardship-wise, best decision we could have made. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. it was low kilometers, it was in good shape, it yeah. cost us just the tax, like, best stewardship decision we could have made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although every time I had to drive into work or drive into preach somewhere and drive this because Sarah had had her other vehicle which had room for a <laughs> baby seat because the convertible is not a very um, safe. safe vehicle for a baby. <laughs> I, I would feel this, hmm. um, this judgment or this sense of like, I hope no one sees me drive this. I judged mm. you. Because everyone's <laughs> going to think, how? Why would he use his money that way? Like he—he's mm. on a teaching associate budget. Yeah. He has a new baby. Why? Why would he be driving that car when he could have driven right. been driving something else? And so, I'm an early midlife crisis. Totally, <laughs> totally. And so, quarter life. So, quarter life I mean, I, I tell that story mostly to say that, like now when I'm on the road and I see someone driving a nice vehicle, I don't presume that they bought it. I don't presume that they own it. I don't presume that they used it. 
that they use their money improperly to get it or that mm-hmm. it was out of selfish motives. It, does that happen? Sure. sure. Does it happen most yeah. of the time? Maybe. But there's also those stories of the, you know, the written off beater and the gifted newer Mustang where you're like, yeah. yeah, no one would have seen that backstory. They just would have seen Pastor Greg drive down the road in a Mustang convertible thinking what a waste of his money or whatever. And your, your yeah. hair flowing <laughs> through the breeze as the top is down. Picking and, June bugs and, out of your teeth. <laughs> like, totally. And but pre, pre-Benji, Sarah and I enjoyed going for rides in it. It was a total gift for us, right? We were able I've to kind of... I enjoyed rides in it. Yeah, exactly. I took Kyle, and we picked up some books in <laughs> it, right? You got a ride? So there you go. See, now now it's gone, and no one gets a ride anymore. But it, it is interesting that we can build all kinds of rules around it, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that would be something that I'm sure someone could look at that situation mm-hmm. and say... Under no circumstances would it be appropriate for Greg to have that car. And then you tell them the backstory and they think, oh, I don't know. Yeah. That actually <laughs> seemed like a pretty good deal to go from a really bad vehicle to one in great shape for just the tax. That actually seems like a decent stewardship decision. Yeah. So uh, that story is just, you know, let's not be legalistic yeah. about it. Right let's now. let's be wise. Let's be willing to to ask the hard questions about how we use our money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it speaks to our, um, our judgments as well. Yeah. Because I, I could see you driving and go, you know, why is Greg doing that? Why did he spend his money that way? And a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, Jeff, Jeff, um, his conclusion to one of the other topics was don't, don't assume the worst kind of give mm. people the benefit of the doubt. Mm. And like you're saying, kind of mm. don't make assumptions because mm. you don't know they can be dangerous. Mm. So would Jesus buy a Mercedes? No. Yes. I don't know. Depends. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. <laughs> I think you would go. If it was only the tax. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> you go all electric. Be environmentally friendly. There you go. And get a, get a Tesla and go 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds. Okay, but this is actually a really interesting point, though, right? Because at, at the, at the personal cost... Sorry, I don't mean to say like it was a surprise. No, I'm trying to make a joke. But it's a, high, it's a higher cost, right? Way more money. And yet... Especially the Tesla. The Tesla. And, and when you think of... Okay, so but an electric car mm-hmm. is more money in general mm-hmm. than a non-electric car. Yeah. And yet you think about, you know, the studies that show the environmental impacts on that. So... Every decision we make has pros and cons to it, right? So buying the cheap beater vehicle that wouldn't make it through air care, like, is that better overall because it just costs you less money? Or would, you know, spending more money to get a car that has a lower emissions? I don't know. Like, I just raise that to say, you know, there's there's lots of reasons of why a decision could be made that's good or bad that includes a bunch of other factors. And I don't think the environment is one we ever think about in the West in terms of the decisions we make. In terms of, does this decision, is it being a good steward of God's creation? I don't know if that's ever really runs through our mind. But I think the question that, like, I'm interested in that question because I think that when we ask those kinds of questions, it's the whole speck and log thing, right? Yeah, Yeah. it totally is. Mm -hmm. Because the question is one of, of how do we use our finances? And I have a lot of friends who are very vocal in their uh, critique of how people use their money. Mm -hmm. And then I ask them, questions about if they give any money to the church and it's usually crickets like it's most of the time crickets like Mm -hmm. well no I don't I mean I don't give my money to other organizations I don't have a lot and so I don't give it away to the church or to compassion or to other ministries like that but that person shouldn't buy a car yeah and it's like well you know there's I think there's a little bit of a speck in the log Mm -hmm. type thing going on there so it's not bad to ask the question it's it's a great question to ask but we should check our own motives when we're asking those kinds of things 
Yeah, avoiding legalism isn't to avoid all law and just kind of do what you feel best. It's to recognize the specific law that God has written for us in this covenant, in this in this era, and to be diligent with following those rules, those laws, those instructions, and to actually have delight in the duty of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but to to guard against adding to those laws, other laws or other stipulations um, that we deem as spiritual or make us spiritual. That's well, what the legal is. And what you're talking about is our own personal kind of desire to follow God and his law, but we're, we're wanting to judge everybody else's, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We don't know their internal situation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and for the sermon, the bumper sticker sermon on judging, go to mission this week and listen to Andy. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Yep. Or just s- stay where you are because it'll come. Next yeah. Week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. The big rotating. Yeah. Everybody's there. Yeah, he's in. <laughs> it's a very confusing sermon schedule. I was looking at it of who's where and when. Yeah. They'll well, come around. Like, Paul, you're preaching like how many weeks apart the same message? Yeah, six. Is, is it back? It's oh, six really? weeks. Well, this week here in Abbotsford and then the end of, uh, oh, no, four or five weeks, I guess. <laughs> in mission. So, and then in mission at the end of August, yeah. So. There you go. Yeah. So we could go to your first sermon, and then a few weeks later, catch your second one, and then critique you and right. point out how you've improved. You can do that if you'd like. Or regressed, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully <Right>. improved. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> so this listener and other questions come in. Prefaces like there. just now? Just now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> you've got mail. Wow. You we should get that. Is that still a thing? AOL? You got me a thing. And we should set it up so people can text or whatever tweet live. Nah, that's too much. No. Okay. <laughs> Bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> live. But this question is prefaced right off the bat. This is going to be a strange question, but who knows? Maybe it will spark some interesting debate. I think every question should be prefaced like that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, my reaction to this passage is to is to laugh out loud because they really don't understand it. And this person needs a little bit of help interpreting it. So the passage, if you guys want to turn, is 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 35 and 36. Do you want to read it? You I haven't? My internet's not working well. Internet. Oh, come on. Use a real Bible. What, yeah. 35 and 36? Sword drill. Go. 1 Kings 20, 35, 36. <laughs> All right. And I'm the only one with a paper Bible in here just to... Winner! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's open. open. I have it, but it's not open. Yeah. Because of my okay, iPad. Go ahead, so here, here we go. This is the ESV. And a certain man of the sons of the prophets said to his fellow at the command of the Lord, Strike me, please. But the man refused to strike him. Then he said to him, Because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, behold, as soon as you have gone from me, a lion shall strike you down. And as soon as he had departed from him, a lion met him and struck him down. So the question, I basically just don't quite get how such a simple thing warrants death. It Mm. seems like being put between a rock and a hard place, hit a well-respected prophet, or disobey God. A little clarification. Yeah, the the kings, the the heir of the kings and the prophets, uh, ideally the king would honor God and administer the the realm of the kingdom with justice and integrity, and the prophet would be someone who would speak... Uh, God's truth to the the whole nation of Israel and and other nations as they listen in, and the priests would be in the temple administering the sacrifices. So you have the prophets, the priests, and the kings all working in in union, ideally. But that um, was 
was not the case. Mm. Uh, so God would often do things and sometimes do really strange things to us um, in order to get the attention of the people that he had entrusted much responsibility to. So he's trying to get the attention of the kings and the, and the prophets and, and show the people who the false prophets and the, the true prophets are in the midst of this. And so he, he has them do this as a way to, to draw attention to who he has esteemed uh, as the prophet that is actually, actually obeying him and following him. <clears throat> so the people have some guidance in the midst of the chaos that they are currently in. So it is, it is funny in a sense. It's, I mean, if you see a video of this, it would be, I mean, the shark doesn't win in this, right? <laughs> the, this is where the, the lion wins, the, um, mm. the predator wins, uh, and, it's by, and it's by God's hand because God is making a, a very vivid um, demonstration of the importance of following him for mm. the whole nation, especially the leadership of the nation. Mm. Good. Anybody else want to weigh in? I got nothing. Nothing of substance to add. I'm still trying to figure out my internet situation <laughs> with all my information. Did you turn it off and on? I think that's. I think what Kyle. I mean, Kyle's explanation is great because it just shows us again that you need to be reading passages in context. Mm-hmm. Right. And this would be a great bumper sticker. <laughs> Strike me, please. Yeah. As soon as he yeah. departed from him, a lion met him and struck him down. I think, especially when you're reading Old Testament narrative or any narratives, you need to be aware of the fact that not everything is prescriptive. Like, a lot of it's just descriptive mm. of things that happen, but it's not prescriptive saying this is the way it mm. should be. Right. This is not God's um, ideal. It's just this is the way things happened. And oh. so I think you, as you're reading through it, you need to say, well, is this prescriptive as to how, we sh- how things should be, yeah. or is it just describing an event? So mm-hmm. I don't think this would be something that would be in any of the commandments or in any of the, you know, kind of where God's actually laying out his cards and saying this is how you should live. It's mm. or. This is mm-hmm. the consequences. Mm-hmm. It's just something that happened in mm-hmm. the midst of this guy trying to minister. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So obey God. Moral of the story. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> I guess. Doesn't, don't worry about the lion part. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really helpful distinction, the descriptive versus prescriptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as we read God's word, we, all of it's written for us and for our benefit, um, but it's not written, it's all written for us, but it's none of it's written to us. The Old Testament was written, you know, to the nation of Israel, the New Testament, mm-hmm. the letters and the early church. So that was the original audience. That's who they're written to. Uh, but it's for the benefit of all God's people. Mm-hmm. So prepositions can be important. Mm-hmm. Well, that, would be a, that would be a good T-shirt. Prepositions? Uh, prepositions can be important. That's yeah. a bumper sticker. Yeah, English teachers yeah. would love it. Totally. <laughs> I know a few. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which, by the way, I started following on Twitter because Greg follows them. Grammarly, yeah, they have these tweets all the time yeah. that talk about uh, punctuation matters or grammar matters or yeah, con- yeah. Pre- uh, conjunctions matter. And it's it's hilarious. So if you're looking for some good reading material, you know, follow if you, Grammarly. If you get a kick out of grammar's use and misuse, that's for you. Pretty good. It's a pretty. I don't know if it's a broad population base, <laughs> but uh, it's dry. But oh, it's not uh, most of the most of the images that pop up. I save them because they're just yeah. great. I show people, yeah, and they usually don't like it. Good. <laughs> it's, it's not as like pop uh, as popular or widespread as like people's love of the minions. <laughs> but <laughs> they're funny. Did you like them? Did yeah. you watch the movie? I haven't seen the most recent one. Christianity Today had a review of it that <laughs> <laughs> was summarized and. Um, <laughs> you could almost do anything else this summer with your kids and it would be better for them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe it, 
I've enjoyed the Despicable Me series thus far. Maybe it's taken a downward spiral. So I, Sarah and I saw it. We didn't bring our child. We just went ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So we felt a little Benji's bit. a little bit young. Yeah, that was, that was our reason why. Yeah. yeah. Um, it wasn't great. We saw Inside Out also. Mm. Big, we're Pixar fans. We like watching yeah. the animated films. They're usually pretty good. Inside Out was a fantastic film. Mm. Uh, it really was. It was great. Minions is... They they are a great Robin and a terrible Batman. Like mm. they, they're they're really good mm. supporting and they're but funny not, supporting yeah. and they, they they can be more kind of what they're designed to be as minions as the sidekick, right? But then to have the whole movie be about them and their journey, the plot. Th- there were very few moments where I was actually laughing mm. at the movie, which I thought. I was like, I thought I'd be laughing all the time because mm-hmm. I love those little like two minute minion clips, you know, like they're trying yeah. to fight over watching soccer or yeah. whatever. And the two minute trailer sums up all the good parts of yeah. the movie, basically. <laughs> just just watch the like little two minute things of the minions online, and that'll be better than going to the movie. Unless you really like popcorn, which is also another reason why I go to the theater. Yeah, yeah. I know it's probably not I the know. best use of. Do you money. go to the cheap theater in Chilliwack? No, no, no. Cheap theater in Chilliwack's the way to go. <laughs> I tend not to go into the whack. It's a little... It's scary to me. I'm, oh I'm joking. <laughs> oh, dear. Now all it's the nice Chilliwack place. people are offended. I, I don't go there. To Chilliwack? To Chilliwack. Paul does. Big Once fan. Really. I used to work there. Yeah. Hmm. Good story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move forward. This question here is with reference to a, a particular article online, and it's about um, a school in Seattle implanting IUDs in middle school girls without mm. parental consent. Hey. So it's a bit of a bit of a sensitive topic. To find an IUD. Intrauterine device, which, from my understanding, is an, a form of uh, contraceptive. So these schools are doing this without um, the kids knowing. Without the parents. Oh. So, so it seems to me. I haven't read the article myself, but it seems to me like. <clears throat> these girls can go and have these put in by the school without necessarily having the parents sign off or approving uh, or even knowing about it. So the question is, is this merely uh, a U.S. constitutional legal issue or does Scripture have something to say about parental and civic, parental versus civic government authority over children? Mm. Like just in general, not about this issue. Yeah, I think it's kind of a broad generally. stroke, yeah. I mean, that sounds like quite a shocking mm-hmm. story. I'd want to actually... I don't know. We, we just had it recently. It's Christian. Tr- I mean, I remember reading that okay. last week. In the All right. It's, it's, yeah. It did happen in All right. Seattle. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I guess they have a law down there that says, I don't know what it's like up here, actually, when kids are in school, but down there in terms of kids and their um, their sexual freedom, shall we say, I guess, uh, if they want to go for counseling or get... Um, get contraceptives and that kind of thing they don't need um, parental, parental the, the teachers or the counselor whoever doesn't need to go to the, mm-hmm. the parent for that mm. that's that's how I understand it at least and that's and so this school went so far as to actually I, I don't know if it was the how they do it I mean it sounds like it would need to be a surgery to me to implant something like that but anyway um, mm-hmm. they went ahead and did this I think the girl was in middle school 12 years old or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, middle school students, yeah. So what's the age yeah. of consent down there? Like, wouldn't, like, legally, if the age of consent is 15 or whatever, can they, 
you think that'd be a legal issue that they shouldn't be able to do that until at least that age is reached or even or even requiring a, a parental consent right because if you want to yeah. bring your kid to a field trip for school or even to a youth event right you know that organization is going to want to make sure that you're aware of the risks and yeah. things involved with coming on this particular field trip and so to have this procedure done uh, i don't think it's uh, that invasive or that kind of involved i think it is pretty straightforward um, having these implanted but yeah you would you would think there would be some parental requirements there. Um, so the the question just goes on to to say sex ed that normalizes homosexual activities, transgender choices, choices, etc., against the views of per- parents or families seem to to me to fail or to fall into the same realm. So kind of addressing overall sex ed issues, um, homosexual activities, transgender choices. Kind of what do we do? What does the Bible say? Uh, and how do we move forward as as the church? Hmm. So are we dealing? Are, sorry, are we dealing with the the authority of schools? Or are we dealing over our children? Or are we dealing with moral choices in this question? I think we can kind of address we? it from a few different angles. That I, th- I think it seems to me that the question addresses how how does the what does the Bible say about parental versus civic uh, and kind of that balance. So as parents, how do we how do we move forward? Um, yeah, parental versus civic government authority over our children. How do we yeah. how do we juggle this? Right. How do we control or what do we do about schools that are condoning, promoting homosexual activities, transgender, the IUDs? I think it's there's many different issues going on. And how do we how I do think we as parents, this? we're called to teach our kids how to live within the culture that they're currently in. Right. How to live smartly, wisely with their eyes open within it. And so I think our call, our duty is to train them in the words of scripture and to like in Deuteronomy 6, all that, you know, mm-hmm. as you walk along the way, talk about your faith with your kids, write them on your doorposts to your houses, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's our duty is to train them so that when they go into those situations, they are equipped to handle the things that are thrown at them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's anything in scripture that talks about... The prioritization of authority? Be, no, like... I mean, we have to live within a civic structure yeah. that exists. We right. can't necessarily buck against it. We just have to teach our kids how to live in it as a Christian, yeah. is what I would say. Yeah, Scripture tells us to honor the emperor in yeah. the New Testament uh, in Rome, and he was not always a very nice guy, especially in that time. Mm. Um, tells us to honor our parents. So Scripture lays out lots of instructions, and when those come into explicit conflict— um, under all these things, we want to honor God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. if you look at yeah. the beginning chapters of, Je- of uh, excuse me, Exodus, and you know they're told mm-hmm. to let the babies, you know, die as they're born, um, and then some of the, the uh, some of the Hebrew mid- midwives yeah. are like, oh, we we tried to get there to follow <laughs> your law, but but the, these Hebrew women they're so strong; they just babies come so quick, we're not able to get there. So the kids are still alive. <laughs> Um, so they're, they're disobeying the, the civic government mm-hmm. yeah. because they're honoring the one who mm-hmm. is governing all of creation. And God's the ultimate authority. We want to honor him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how that then gets played out in this scenario with talking with, you know, the school district and the board and lawyers, that, that becomes tricky. Um, yeah. But, you know, Scripture gives us a, a real clear hierarchy that ultimately we want to, we want to honor God in the midst of all these things. Mm-hmm. And so as, as parents, one of which I'm not, but I will be soon. Yeah, soon yeah. Um, yeah, so as parents, I guess we, we raise our children under, under the law, right? We, we, under the, under the, uh, the teaching of Scripture and under God's uh, 
under God, uh, God's family, we raise our kids as, as best we can. Um, this is kind of what you were talking about. Yeah, like I, my, my kids, you, when they have a sex ed class in school, yeah. they bring home their consent form, and I've let my kids go to all of them, and then after I quiz them, so what did they tell you? Right. And then how does that interact with what Scripture says? And how does mm-hmm. that interact with mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. taught at church? Mm-hmm. So we don't, I don't think we want to draw our kids out of everything, because then, you know, 10 years later, they don't know how to answer that question. But equip them in the midst of that. Hmm. Hmm. Any other thoughts on the issue? No, sir. (laughs) (laughs) No. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you for your time. Uh, It's been great. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you guys for being here. Good job. Good job hosting. Oh, hey. I mean. Thanks, Andrew. Go Blue Jays. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they they need it. (laughs) They need all the support they can get. Oh, man. We're below 500 now. That's not surprising. We, they. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. (laughs) 